It's my privilege this morning to, uh, to have um, welcomed Sheridan to join us. Uh, Sheridan's a friend. He's a uh, pastor in Hamilton at Activate. Before that, he was pastoring in Christchurch for eight years-ish. Him and Jan were down there, and they, they came to Hamilton. And the timing was such that Sheridan and Jan arrived in Hamilton just as Kathy and I left for a year to go overseas. So we didn't really get to connect too much. But when we came back in 2010, we, we came back to Hamilton. We came back to... Uh, to the church there, and uh, I'm really grateful for the friendship that formed. Uh, Sheridan was, um, he was a pastor to me when I was going through a really tough, challenging season, and uh, has continued to be a pastor to me as I continue to go through tough and challenging seasons. Um, and if you want to know why I'm in Te Aumudu, it's because one day he rang me up and said, hey, you need to go to Te Aumudu. So it's, um, it's on him. Uh, but we, we, we thank the Lord for that, uh, because it was definitely a word from God. Um, so it's my privilege to uh, have Sheridan with us, and I'm um, really excited that he's, he's here to share with you. So why don't you give him a warm welcome as he comes to share this morning. Kia ora koutou, ko Sheridan taku ingoa. Let me bless you this morning. Kai marama ai matou ki nga mohi o tanga o ihu karaiti rua koutei wairua tapu. Or may we know and be known by the presence and revelation of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit today. Today. Well, very good morning to you. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you, Phil, for the warm welcome and introduction and good morning online. Great to, well, I can't see you, but you can see me. And um, it's wonderful to be with you today. And I really treasure the journey that Jan and I have had with Phil and Kathy and the family. Our kids are all grown up, they weren't at the time, and uh, it's wonderful, and it's really good to be with you today. In fact, I'd like us to put our hands together for Phil and Kathy to honour them this morning. Just good to honour those, and the elders, your elders have got fantastic elders in this church, and it's, uh, it's wonderful to be able, behind the scenes, but to, to journey with you is a real privilege. Shall we pray? Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in this room. I thank you that you know each one of us. I thank you that you've got good things in store for us. That you love us through and through. And this morning we honor you, not only with our presence, with our voices, with our attitude to one another, we also honor you with faith, believing that you will shift and you can shift things in us, believing that you will open things up in us, which will be not only good for us, but good for our community. And so, Father, this morning we position ourselves not just to hear words, but to engage with you. And I ask that you would stir each of us to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When Phil was talking, he, um, he said about the miracles, let me just encourage you, if you've got your miracle week coming, I just got sent these, like, yesterday, saying, Sheridan, if you're speaking, they didn't know I wasn't, I wasn't at home today, um, here's some of the miracles that have come in this last week. A workmate was prayed for, struggling, pulled a muscle, needed physio. Prayed for him the next day, he was able to run 3Ks, no problems. Employer advised the staff of receiving a 2% um, 
salary increase, however, a gentleman from our church received 7% the favor of God. The gentleman uh, prayed for a colleague that was limping badly and had a swollen knee a couple of days later. It was all good as gold, no problem. For the first time in a long time, an annual eye check didn't require new glasses. Isn't that good? An allergy. Actually, we had several people healed of allergies of nuts. Serious allergies of nuts. A uh, gentleman was, um, had surgery expecting quite bad news. They discovered he had cancer, but it was fully encapsulated and hadn't spread to the rest of any other parts of his body. It was amazing. We've had people who've got visas that have been trying for a year and a half to get visas to stay in New Zealand, and bang, the, the weeks we're praying for miracles, they get visas. So can I encourage you that our God is a miracle-working God, and, and he wants to move on your behalf? And, and he wants to do some really cool stuff. So, so step out there and, and allow him to do it by asking. Sometimes I think that is the largest part of the whole faith deal is that, you know, sometimes put your hand up if everything you've ever asked for has happened. See, there's the problem right there. That sometimes we're just a bit gun shy because what we've believed for hasn't come to pass. But faith is getting out there again and going again and believing again. And submitting to God again. Come on, God, you can do this. You're able. You are a God of miracles. Yeah? You believe that? He's a God of miracles. You're a God of miracles. You can do this. And, and getting out there and doing it again. And um, so we've got all these reports coming in. It's fantastic. And you're going to have them in a couple of weeks too. So that'll be very good. I just need to ditch the jacket. Well, as I prepared for... 2021, I was praying, which is a good thing to do when you're a pastor, and, um, and I really felt God give me a theme for this year. And I, I, So we've had the theme at home, but I believe it's a theme that's actually for the church, not just for our church. And the theme is this, Back to the Future. Ever see the movie? Yeah. Movies? Yeah. Back to the Future? Well, that's where I went straight away, was to the movie and thought, okay, well, what are you trying to say, Lord? But as I prayed and as I um, sought him a bit more, what I felt the Holy Spirit was saying was, Sheridan, in order for the church to accomplish what I have, it to, have for it to accomplish, we need to step back into Pentecost so that God can fire us forward into the future that he has for us. Did you get that? That's really significant. It's about going forward, but to go forward, it's about recapturing something that God did so we can take it forward. And as I've wrestled with that and as I've prayed about it um, this year and, and done my, my work on it, I've realized that actually we've dropped some stuff that God did at Pentecost. And we need to pick it up again and we need to allow him to stir our spirits. My prayer today is that the Holy Spirit will stir your spirit. If, if you leave, I don't really want you to leave saying, oh, that was a good word. I want you to leave feeling uncomfortable. I, I want, you, you can even feel annoyed with me. That's okay. But, but I want you to feel with a sense of, okay, God wants to do something and I'm going to have to step into that. I'm going to have to stretch into that with him. And that makes me feel uncomfortable. I was talking to someone the other day, and they said, boy, I feel uncomfortable. And I said, well, that's the deal with faith, isn't it? If you don't feel uncomfortable, it's probably not faith. Because if, if you feel comfortable, you've got it in your grasp. You've got all the answers. You know, that's not faith. That's called confidence. Faith is different. And sometimes God just wants to 
stir us up a little bit. So may he stir us in the right way today. So he says, come back into Pentecost. So the church was birthed. As we know it, the church was birthed at Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And some present were filled with the Holy Spirit. No, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. That is an amazing passage of Scripture. And if you, you dig deep, it was actually the reversal of what happened at Babel. God brings a common language back to the church. It's the language of the Spirit. It's incredibly powerful. And then you go on to verse 42. Peter does this great big long speech, long sermon, that one. And, and you get to verse 42. All the believers devoted themselves, note 41. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. That's not a bad birth of a church. 3,000 people on the first day. Pretty good, eh? Amazing. They were encountered. They encountered the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only did it radically touch every person there, but the outflow was salvation and the establishing of the church as we know it. You go on to verse 42 to 47. I love these verses. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miracles and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property... That's really significant, that shared one, uh, shared everything. You know, the, in the Old Temple, the, sorry, the Old Testament, the temple was the place that the poor were supposed to be able to go to to have their needs met. And it had corrupted and it wasn't happening. And Jesus says, again, he brings it right back into the church and says, actually, if you're struggling, if you're uh, through things, if you need help, the church the place where my spirit resides is a place you will find that. Uh, they sold their property and their possessions. They shared money with those who were in need. They worshipped uh, worship together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's a pretty cool sounding church. So if you go through there quickly, what did they do? They, were de they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They were hanging on every word. They were fellowshipping. If, if you're part of our church, I don't normally say that word. They know that with me, I call that the F word. It's just like an old-fashioned word, isn't it? Fellowship. We could say community or all sorts of things, but fellowship. We're using it because it's what it says. So, so fellowship, they had communion together, but fellowship meant relationship. It meant alliances. It meant singleness of purpose. It meant harmony. It meant the sharing of needs and the sharing of meals. There was a lot going on there. And they were all in awe of what God was doing. God was at work amongst them. It was a supernatural environment where they were reaching out for miracles. A couple of weeks, here we go, eh? A couple of weeks reaching out for miracles. And God was moving powerfully amongst them. And it says they were together. They were get together in proximity. We're together in proximity right now. But they were also together in values. 
They were read it together in goodwill, and they were together in each other's homes. Their needs were being met. They were worshipping together, they were praising together, and they were enjoying one another's company. In fact, their lives looked so attractive that people were being gathered every day to join them because their lives looked that attractive. People were being saved. I think that is the most incredible, most amazing picture, the birth of the church, what it looks like, what's going on there. But as time's gone on, I think we've forgotten or we've lost some of the essence of what was birthed there in the church. I think maybe we're focused on some of the wrong things, but it's an individual responsibility to carry the DNA of the church. And I think some of it's a little bit lost. Like when people look on now, do they go, wow, they're such an amazing group of people. My goodness, if my life could only look like theirs, or do they know everything that we disagree with? I find this really challenging. How often do we hear the story, hey, a friend invited me to church. I went there. They were the coolest people ever. They were boisterous. They were loud. They were so enthusiastic. They were friendly. They were crazy. They were encouraging. They were hospitable. I've never met any people like it. What a blast. In fact, I think they were a reflection of who God is. When's the last time you heard that? I haven't heard it for a while. And we were like, wow, wow. But how often do we hear this? And, and I know it's not you, okay? I'm speaking generally, so I'm not saying you. But we hear that Christians are against everything. We're not against everything. I'm not fully for KFC. Love it, love it, totally there. No problem. It's all good. But you hear things like, oh, yeah, I think they got baptized in lemon juice. Yeah, oh, okay. No, they weren't that friendly. We hear these things. I go, what have we lost that's, that was so vital in the church? You know, the, the Bible tells us very clearly not to get weary of doing good, of doing the right thing. So, so it's very easy. You could stand and go, well, it's their fault. It's, no, no, it's my fault. Because it addresses me directly and says, Sheridan, don't get weary of doing the right thing. In other words, Sheridan, make sure you're carrying the DNA of the church at all times. And this is what I've found. If 50 happy people come together, what have you got? A happy room. Hey, you have. You have. You've got a happy room. What happens if 50 grumpy people come together? You've got a grumpy negative room. There's individual responsibility in that. Isn't there? I've got to bring the church to church. I've got to bring the church to work. I've got to bring the church home. I've got to bring the church because I am the church. You are the church. You are the church. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So I ponder all this stuff in regards to back to the future. And then I go, okay, so when's the last time we, can I say you for a minute? Because I know the answer for myself. Can I say you? It'll just make it hurt more. <laughs> I'm not really nasty. When's the last time you invited someone home for a meal? Well done. 
When's the last time you invited someone you don't know home for a meal? When's the last time you went out of your way to meet the need of someone that presented to you? When is the last time you devoted yourself to outworking a teaching? You go, oh my goodness, God is in that. I've got to outwork that. Remember, I'm not pointing the finger, I'm just asking because if I point a finger, I've got three pointing at me. I get that. But these are questions I ponder. So, I think at the church, I think we've drifted slightly. And it's not all big things. Little things is what makes a big difference. And this morning, I want to talk to us about one small phrase in this scripture, which I think is a kingdom key to unlocking a whole lot of big things. Okay, And I think, by and large, the church is not doing this. So this is us are not doing this, okay? Here it is, verse 47. So they worshipped together, this is verse 46, they worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Verse 47, all the while praising God. All the while praising God. A little phrase with a huge cultural shift and a huge outcome. Can I ask you, when is the last time you spontaneously just broke out in praise? For no good reason. You just just stirred and you just found yourself going, praise you, Jesus. You're amazing. You're awesome. How do I get to have relationships? That's just mind-blowing. Incredible. When's the last time you broke out in your car and then suddenly we're sitting at the lights going, oh my goodness, I hope everyone didn't hear that around me. Or you broke out in your garden. Or you broke out in your lounge room. Or you broke out at school. Or you broke out at work. Jan and I were outside the other night and we were looking at the sky and the shooting star just went... I've never seen a shooting star in all of my life, and that's a little while now. I've never seen a shooting star like it. It was like this Guy Fawkes display that God put on for us. It just, it was big and it was bright and it kind of went like a firework. And we just both happened to be looking at the same place at the same time, and we saw it. And I was so thrilled when I thought later our response was like, Did you see that? God is so awesome. That is amazing that God would do that just for us. Just for us. Incredible. Sometimes I go, I'm amazed that God would do that for us. And Jan goes, no, I'm not. I'm his kid. Why wouldn't he? Fair call. Fair call. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. She knows it. And the shooting star was just incredible. And it lit us up and it was like, oh, God, it's awesome. Actually, it was in the same context that Jan said that the other night because I was looking at the stars going, we're... Do you ever think we get lost in all of this for God? you feel insignificant when you look at all of this and realize we're like this big on this little planet? Dad said, no, no, I'm his kid. I never feel like that. I thought, wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. So have you heard the saying, praise is the power of heaven? It was an old hymn. Praise is the power of heaven. Old, old hymn. But it's true. 
Praise is the power of heaven. If we really got that, if we really understood it, if it was a revelation for us, I reckon we'd praise a lot more. We would praise a whole lot more because it is the power of heaven. But here's the challenge. The challenge is that praise is quite difficult because praise costs you something. You know, worship's not actually that difficult. I simply worship God because of who he is. No ifs, buts, or maybes. Just who he is, I worship him. And I can be quite passive yet engaged in my worship. But praise actually costs me something. I've got to think of why I'm praising him for a start. And then I've got to step into it with some energy. Because I don't know about you, but if I go, praise you God, it doesn't sound very good, it's not very encouraging, it doesn't even sound like praise, praise you God, praise you God. Oh God, I'm grumpy, but praise you. It just doesn't work, eh? That's not praise. To praise God, I've actually got to step into it. Praise you, Jesus. I'm having a rotten day, but you're good. Praise you. You know, things might not be going so flash at the moment, but praise you. You've put air in my lungs. You've put my heart's beating. I've got clothing. I've got a roof over my head. I've got everything I need to. You're a good, good God, and I praise you. I've got some problems here I'd like to address, but I praise you. You're amazing, outstanding, and the atmosphere in the room changes. The atmosphere in my room changes, but it comes at a cost. So praise is to be a lifestyle, not a special event. You see, if praise is a lifestyle, we associate praise with good and with tough times. It's just part of who we are. We are people who praise God. We've got a revelation that he is good, we're his kids, that he has saved us, and we praise him. He's amazing. But if praise is only a special event, if you save it for church on Sunday, well, then it's normally only for church and when things get desperate. Praise is not a special event. Praise is a lifestyle. I want to stir you with that just a little. That praise is a lifestyle. It's praise that unlocks the power of heaven. It's praise that releases miracles. It's praise that opens doors. It's praise that sends the enemy fleeing. It's praise that revitalizes and reinvigors me. It's praise. That's what it does. So important. So to be, it's, it's massive throughout the Bible, I did a quick search in the King James Version. It says, praise the Lord about 150 times. But it uses the word praise, or alleluia, which means 10,000 praises, 1,800 plus times. 1,800 plus. So it's, you know, it's, it's saying to us, praise is a lifestyle, people. Use it. Use it all the time. I love there's a new Equipus song out. Quiver's Revolution, and it's called State of Mind. And the words go like this. I don't need a reason to praise you. This is my state of mind. My God, in every season I'll praise you. This is my state of mind. I love that. Like, that's so cool. This is my state of mind. My state of mind is a praise state of mind. Some days it's harder than others, eh? I do get it. I'm a person, I bleed, I hurt, all those things. Some days it's harder than others, but praise unlocks the power of heaven. It does. If you go to Acts chapter 16, one of my favorites, got a lot of favorites. 
If you go to Acts chapter 16 from verse 16, it says, one day, this is Paul and Silas. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller and earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Exactly true. There you go. There's an example of a demon telling the truth. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews, they shouted to the officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them into the innermost dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaking to its foundation. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in their, his household. Isn't that incredible? The King James says that, that they were praying and they were singing praises. To sing, to celebrate is what it means. Well, they sang praises, sorry. The message says they were singing a robust hymn. The passion says they sang songs of praise to God. It's amazing. And in the voice, it explains to us there that even the jailer realized that the power of heaven had been unleashed through their praises. It's an amazing thing. They sang praise to God. Can I ask you a question this morning? How's your praise? Online, how's your praise? Where's your life been stripped, been beaten, been imprisoned, because we've all got those stories. We've all got those places. We've all got those marks called life. But how's your praise? The trials of life 
will do everything they can to rob your praise. Everything. John 10.10 10 is my, one of my life scriptures. It says, the, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I, Jesus, have come to make your life abundant in every area. See, if the devil can turn our eyes onto the negative, he'll rob our praise, which is the very tool we've been given to live in abundant abundance in every area of life. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus is nicer than you think he is. And your answers are in praise. Maybe praise, then the answers come. Not, I'll wait for the answers, then I'll praise. Awesome. Love it. Love it. There'd be no story, would there? Praise then the miracle. But so often we're waiting. Come on, God. Come on, God. We're just waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting. And we'll praise him when something happens. But no, no, the model of the New Testament church is we praise then something happens. Then something happens. I wrote this last night late. <laughs> That's like my preface in case it's too rough. <laughs> I wrote, if we choose to wallow in our challenges rather than find a reason to praise Jesus, we are essentially putting our feelings and our perceptions above the reality of who Jesus is. We can call this pride or idolatry. Shall I read that again? Yeah, it's funny what happens in the middle of the night. If we choose to wallow in our challenges rather than find a reason to praise Jesus, we are essentially putting our feelings and perceptions above the reality of who Jesus is. He is God. This is called pride or idolatry. I feel challenged about this. I really do. I really do. So let me give you seven things that praise actually does in your life. Seven results of praise. Number one. Praise gets our focus on God. That's what it does. Gets our focus where it needs to be. He's either God, was it C.S. Lewis? He's God of all or not at all? Uh, it gets our focus on God. Psalm 150 verse 2 says, Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. He is God. And when we praise, it gets our attention on Him. Number two, praise keeps us humble. Humility is a good thing. God opposes the proud. So praise keeps us humble. Psalms 95, 2 and 3. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing psalms of praise to him. For the Lord is great, or is a great God, and a great king above all gods. He is great. He is above us. He's above our problems. He's above everything. He is great. I am only a human, and I shouldn't underrate that but it means I'm less than him. Number three, praise gives victory over the enemy. You're in a spiritual battle? Praise. Praise. 2 Chronicles 20, 22, at that very moment they began, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise 
The Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting against themselves. At the very moment, it says, the very moment that they started to sing and give praise. Number four, you can't complain, be negative, and praise at the same time. You can't. Praise yourself happy. You can't do it all at the same time. You just can't. Psalm 103, 2 to 4. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I forever, so may I never forget the good things that he does for me. He forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. He redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies. You can't complain, be negative and praise at the same time. Number five, praise creates the environment for God's blessing. It creates the environment. Ephesians 1.3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Praise creates the environment. When we praise, this is number six, when we praise, we are inviting his presence. We're inviting his presence. Psalm 22.3, he inhabits the praises of his people. When we praise, you know, when two or three are gathered, he is there amongst us. When we're praising, he manifests in the atmosphere in a different way than when we're not. Number seven, we are revitalized, we are refreshed, we are reinvigorated, we are repassioned, we are re-envisioned, we are restored in his presence when we praise. When we praise, Psalm 1611, you will show me the way of life. Grant me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Psalm 63, three to five, your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. Praise is a fundamental lifestyle of disciples. Praise was a pillar of the early church. And praise should still be a pillar of who we are as disciples of Jesus which will therefore make it a pillar of who we are as a church. Do you need to have a big band, flashy lights and everything else to praise God? Of course you don't. Praise is what comes out of you. Oh, we can create an environment that will help bring it out of you. But it's what comes out of you is praise. It's not what the environment looks like. So I'm looking for a 100% participation now, okay? You're right with that? Good? Okay. Some of you look scared. Don't be scared. I'm going soon. It'll all be okay. 100% participation. What I'd like us to do is stand. Let's start there. I'll start with easy and I'll get harder as we go. <clears throat> Let me find my scripture. 
I'm going to read Psalm 150, which is an amazing praise, an amazing praise scripture, just incredible. And then after it, I want us to praise. I want you to lift up the name of Jesus. Open your mouths. Clap your hands. I don't care what it looks like. If you want to hang off the ceiling, hang off the ceiling. All good. If you can get up there, you're far better than me. But, but, but whatever. Praise. Let go and praise. And I'm not, look, this just isn't an exercise. As I prayed, as I prepared today, I really felt prophetically, I can say, Thus saith the Lord, if you want. I just did. We are about to smash a restriction over this church right now, okay? We're about to smash a restriction as we step into praise and abandon praise. And I know that you're going to go, oh my goodness, but they might see me. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. God sees you. That's what matters. God sees you. Okay. Here we go. Here's Psalm 150. I want it to stir your, the word of God will stir your spirit as I'm reading it. Praise the Lord. That's a good start, isn't it? Actually, I think we need to do. Let's just praise the Lord right now for a minute. Come on. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We honor you. We lift you up. We praise you. You're worthy of all praise, all honor, all glory is yours. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're at home online, you're not let off the hook, by the way. You can be in your lounge room, in your car, wherever, praising Jesus. It's good. Now, I'm going to rate that. That was a good effort. Well done. But it's about like a 4.7 out of 10, okay? When we get to the end of this, I, I just want you to let loose. If, if you walk out of here with hoarse voices, we've done a good job. Okay? Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. You don't have to wait till the end either. Praise him in his, for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. This bit, because I'm sure this includes you. Let everything that has breath... Sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, let's lift up the name of Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are. I thank you that you put breath in us to praise you. Father, may the stones never shout on our watch. We praise you. We honor you. We lift you up. You are a mighty God. You're worth all our praise. You're running out of steam. Come on, keep going. Come on. Come on. Come on, this is biblical high praise right here. We praise you, Jesus. You're worth all the glory, the honor, the praise, the glory. You're worth it all. It's all yours. You've conquered sin. You've conquered death. There is none like you. You know the days of our lives. You put breath in our lungs. You provide us for everything. You are our healing. You are our salvation. You are the one. You are the one who knows all things. You're the one who died and was resurrected so that we can have a relationship with you, Jesus. I praise you. You're the one that brings victory out of defeat. You're the one that brings healing when we're sick. You're the one that releases provision. 
You're the one who releases wholeness. You release emotional wholeness and mental wholeness and, and physical wholeness. And it's only you. So we praise you and we lift you up because there is no other like you. We honor you this morning. We praise you. Why don't we put our hands together and give them the biggest clap? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we praise you. We honor you. We lift you up. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, sometimes I say to our church, I know, I know in, in, in days gone past, Pentecostal churches have got a bad rap. Ah, oh, they're the happy, clappy church down the road. What would you like to be known for? Being miserable? I say that to our church. I say, what do, what, what do we want people to know us for? Being the miserable church at the end of the road? Of course we don't. If it's a happy, clappy church, I'm all with that. Let's happy and clappy and give Jesus our praise and our worship and be full of joy because joy is infectious. People get joy. You rub up to someone in the supermarket those testimonies with love and joy. It just rubs off. Yeah, someone's having a bad day and you rub up with joy. Well, it might start bad, but it gets better. And it rubs off. God has called us to be a people of praise. He's called us to be a church of praise. He's called the church to be a church of praise, even when some days it seems there's nothing to be happy about. Nothing to be... You know, I think one of the greatest reasons to praise Jesus is relationship with him, is our salvation. That word's an amazing word. It means uh, healed and delivered and all sorts of things and connected with him. You know, Jesus went to the cross. He died on the cross, which was a big ask. I know he's God, but it's massive. But he did that because of the love he has for you and I, the love he has for people. And he wants every person to be in relationship with him. That's why he went to the cross. In that process, he restored the relationship that was broken. And you now, all we have to do is say, Jesus, I accept that gift. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our heart that he was raised from the grave by the Father on the third day, we will be saved. In other words, we will come into relationship with him. And that's not just for here and now. That's for all eternity. That's an amazing thing. That's incredible. Now, I don't know what your picture about of eternity is about, but mine's pretty cool. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. And he did that for all of us. And I wonder this morning if all of us have said yes to Jesus. You know, maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Well, today's your day. You are designed to walk with Him. You're designed to live with Him. You're designed to know Him. Just like a car runs, a petrol car at least runs on petrol, we're designed to run on God and walk in relationship with Him all the days of our lives. Confessing with our mouth and believing in our heart. Maybe you're here today and you just know there's something that's not right. You feel like a block between you and God. Why don't we get that sorted today? Say yes to Jesus. Fresh start. Let's go again. That's why I went to the cross. That's what grace looks like. It's an amazing thing. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to 
say yes to Jesus. If you've never said or if you want to get things sorted today, and I want you to respond just simply by lifting your hand so I can celebrate with you and we can all pray at the end. Just lift your hand. You're saying yes to Jesus. Jesus, I choose you today. Choosing you for the first time or today, I just, I just need to remove this blockage out of my life and I'm starting again. I'm choosing you. We're doing this thing. Maybe you're sitting there and you're saying, well, Sheridan, it's, you know, we're, we're all in church. Yep. It doesn't mean you've said yes to Jesus. Saying we're all in church is like me saying I'm a fish when I go swimming. I'm just swimming. But it's saying yes to Jesus that translates us from one kingdom to another. Into his kingdom. If you know that you need to say yes to Jesus today, your heart's probably throbbing away at the moment because that's often how the Holy Spirit talks to us. And I encourage you to simply be obedient to him. He's a good, good God. Can I ask every person to bow your head just for a moment, close your eyes. I want to give people around you privacy. This is a very, very significant moment between each person and God. You know you need to say yes to Jesus today for the first time or you just need to say yes to Jesus today. Can you give me a quick wave right now where you are? Just let me see your hand. Fantastic. Well done. Just going to wait a couple of moments. seen one person give me a wave so far. It's fantastic. Brilliant. Would you like to pray with me all together? Jesus, thank you for who you are. Today I give you my life afresh and say thank you so much. For the things I've mucked up, please forgive me. Help me walk confidently with you into the future. I thank you that I'm yours and that I'm saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How about we give Jesus another massive big hand as we finish? Amen. 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 That's a good word for us, church. That's a good word, Zion, because that is all about us putting the praise before the miracle. So I want to finish with that uh, song, and I want you to sing this song as your proclamation of faith before you receive that miracle you're expecting, that you're proclaiming as Sheridan just showed us, the praise comes before the breaking out. The praise comes, whether we're in the midst of darkness in prison or otherwise. This is what he just showed us through Acts 16, is that the praise came first, the breakout came second. So let's sing this song with faith in expectation that God is going to lead us into the place of miracle. Come on, church. Let's raise our voices and sing with faith this morning.